When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Creative people is slightly tilted towards extroversion, but that's not the fundamental dimension. Okay. Introverted people like to spend time alone, and there's plenty of creative introverted people. Um, that another personality dimension is known as neuroticism, somewhat unflatteringly, and it's it's an index of sensitivity to negative emotion. So that if people, if you know people who are volatile, you know they're touchy and they, they tend to fly off the handle, or they're uh, or they're they're sad or morose or anxious or tend to avoid stressful situations, then they tend to be higher in trait neuroticism. And that's specifically a negative emotion dimension. Extroversion is an index of positive emotion. And so people, they're separate biological systems, positive and negative emotion. They're trying to get us back to creativity. Yeah. Well, uh, the, the, third, the third category is agreeableness. Agreeable people are compassionate, and, and they basically live for, for close, intimate, personal relationships. There's conscientious people who are dutiful. And then there are open people. And the open people, it's the dimension is called openness to experience. They're people who are fundamentally interested in ideas. So if you're talking to an open person, they will immediately move the, the, the conversation to, to the discussion of ideas. So most of the people in the audience tonight, for those who aren't here for political curiosity, are here because they're open people. They want to they hear an intellectual discussion. And, and so open people are interested in ideas. That's the intellect component of openness. And then they're also interested in aesthetics. And that would be where the artists really... Intellect and aesthetics is where the artists come out. And those, the thing that's important to know about that, and it's why I went through all five traits, is that these are fundamentally... These are attributes and ways of looking at the world, ways of behaving that are fundamentally rooted in biology. They're very, very deep. It's not a surface trait by any stretch of the imagination. And... Uh, Creative people also tend to be uh, higher in, in in trait intelligence, technically speaking, and that's the ability to mani- manipulate abstractions rapidly. So, is creativity a sort of second level then? Because the the uh, the traits that you just described don't include them. Where are they in that group? Well, creativity cre- creativity loads very highly with openness. It, it's okay. it, 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 create, creativity and openness are probably synonymous, more or less. Although. It isn't obvious that interest in ideas per se is the same as creativity, but the, there's very few people who are artistic who aren't very interested in ideas, so they, they move along the same path very tightly. So let's unpack this notion, because you know it's axiomatic that creativity and art are uh, indistinguishable. Is that true from the point of view of a psychologist? I would say it's, 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 a, pretty decent, it's a pretty decent truth. It's open people are the ones that are interested in aesthetics. So, you know... There are lots of people who are, in some sense, blind to beauty. It's actually one of the things that distinguishes, strangely enough, it distinguishes conservatives and liberals, r- roughly speaking, because liberal liberal people tend to be high in openness. They tend to be creative, but they're low in trait conscientiousness, so they're not very dutiful. They're not particularly orderly. They're not particularly industrious, not, not compared to conservatives. Liberal. Yes. And, con- well, it's partly because, you see, this is one of the paradoxes. Conservatives are high in... Con- and conscientiousness, especially orderliness, and they're low in openness. And I think the reason for that in part is that it's not that easy to be creative if you're too industrious or orderly. Because imagine imagine you want to be a musician and you're 18, 19 years old, or worse, 25 years old. It's Well, the thing is, is that it, it's, it's an insane thing to do if, if you're someone who's 
dutiful and career-oriented and practical because the probability that you're going to monetize your creativity is so low that it's, it's futile to even attempt it in many situations. And so if you're too concerned with convention and, and productivity, then that's going to undercut your ability to, to, to manifest adherence to your creative vision, which also takes you in all sorts of directions, none of which are necessarily practical. So one of the ways of thinking about creativity is that it's, it's a gambling strategy, and, and conservatives make low-risk, uh, low-return, but certain bets, really. And whereas the more liberal types and the more creative types, they make high-risk, high-return high bets. And so almost all of them fail. But those who succeed, succeed dramatically, and they also change the world. And so, although it's very foolish to be creative, it's creative people who, who lead the vanguard for, forward into the unknown and transform the world. So... Foolish as it is, it's absolutely necessary. Foolish because risky? Yes, because risky. Yes. I mean, it's risk. It's foolish in the same way that a high-risk, high-return bet is foolish. There's a high probability that you'll lose. And so if you're a conservative person, you're very concerned about hedging your bets. You don't want to lose. Being creative is a very bad game to play. But you won't play it anyways because you're conservatives. So so you are uh, an open uh, late teen and you have conservative parents, and you say, Mom, Dad, um, I think I've decided that I'm going to be an artist. Oh, yeah, and they think, what's um, wrong with that kid? That's a, that's a complicated uh, conversation, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's, 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 it's like discussing color with someone who's colorblind. And, and I mean that. I, and it's, it's actually a perverse, things about, perverse thing about conservatives in some sense, because the, the data on the economic utility of artists is really, really strong. I mean, artists, artists and entrepreneurs are the same people. And, of course, entrepreneurs are the people who provide all of the vision for the entire capitalist system. They're absolutely necessary. But conservatives tend to be so blind to art that they can't even see that the artists are the people who drive the who drive the economy forward. But you make so, them sound so bad. No, there you look. I mean so here's here's another way of thinking about it. Is yeah, are we talking about political conservatives mm. and political liberals? Yes. Uh, we're also talking about trait like personality traits determine voting patterns to a great degree. So people vote their temperaments. And this is something that's really useful to understand when you're engaged in a political discussion is that the person across the table from you who holds viewpoints other than yours is not doing it because they're stupid or ill-informed. They're doing it because they are not the same sort of person you are. And the, the funny thing about, about creative people versus conservative people, say, or liberal people versus conservative people, is that liberals start companies and conservatives run them. So and they realize, so you do. Seriously, seriously, mean, I'm glad you know you need conservatives. Yeah, was, yeah well, they're worried. They're managers. Like conscientious people make good managers and good administrators. It's a, and they tend to do better in school too because diligence and dutifulness is an excellent predictor of academic performance. So if you want something, if you want something that's already been invented, implemented, and then turned into a machine, you don't get someone creative to do that. They're off to do the next thing. They're not even interested in that. You'll bore them to death. So, wow. Uh, so let's say you're an employer and you need uh, some creative people. Yep. Is there a, a psychometric test uh, to find out if someone's actually creative and they're going to be useful? Well, IQ tests work. I mean, not, not everyone with a high IQ is creative. Lots of lawyers have high IQs and they tend not to be creative at all. Uh, well, you think, think about why that is, because eh? lawyers are bound by precedent and, and rules. And so that isn't the same as being creative. And you don't you want a creative accountant? No. Not really. Not unless you're looking for a jail sentence. So They don't like that word at all. No, no. Yeah, that's right. My creative accountant, you know, wake, wake. Right. So 
So, so I mean, I tested, I tested psychometrically, tested the hundred most creative lawyers in Canada as, as a project about fifteen years ago with a magazine called Lexpert, which was a high prestige magazine among lawyers. And we had lawyers from across the country be nominated for their by their firms for creativity, and and so we got some really like these were outstanding lawyers. So, and we tested them psychometrically, very very high in intelligence, but. Um, very, not creative at all. The first, the first trait was conscientious, dutiful, hardworking, uh, diligent, industrious, orderly. Because you know you're working seventy hours a week, and you better bloody well work if you're in a position like that too. So it's nose to the grindstone stuff. Very low in neuroticism because it's very stressful. So they didn't experience much negative emotion. Very disagreeable people. Well, they're letter litigators, eh? And so they they want to win. They're not compassionate and they're not polite. And only after that were they open. So. They weren't creative at all, but they were extraordinarily intelligent. So, um, do employers look for creative people? No, no, not generally. Well, it's a real it's a real conundrum. So, one of the things that's happening right now is that in most businesses, the non creative people are increasingly being replaced by machines, right? Because anything that's creative can't really be turned into an algorithm that you can run as a machine, but anything that is creative can be, and so. There's increasing demand in corporations for creative people, but the problem with being creative is that you're useless at the bottom of the dominance hierarchy, because at the bottom of the dominance hierarchy, so a power hierarchy, you should do what you're told to do. You're not there to think outside the box. You're there to learn what you're supposed to do and implement it. And creative people are like, that's that is what they do. Now, what happens though to companies is that because they filter all the creative people out at the bottom, and then people start to rise up to the top. You really need creative people at the top because they are the entrepreneurial types, and they're the ones. For example, in law firms, even though lawyers aren't very creative, the more entrepreneurial ones are the ones that bring in all the business. There's like great lawyers who can who can implement, who can who can who can write well and communicate well. Are they're not a dime a dozen, but they're relatively common. But the ones who are entrepreneurial, who can go out there and drum up new business, man, those people are super hyper valuable, and they're very rare. But they all. But it's also very difficult to nurse them within any system because systems do not nurture creativity. They're the antithesis of creativity because the artist is always the person who stands outside the structure, and so, or maybe builds his or her own structure. You know, which is also why it's hard to evaluate creative people. You can't really because if they're operating within the confines of a system that has an evaluative structure, they're not creative. <laughs>